Welcome to Winning with the Burns, a podcast for highly ambitious people who have a burning desire to learn what it takes to win at a high level. Hey guys, thanks for joining us again with Winning with the Burns. You know, Nick, it's mid-November and you know, you can't think about mid-November high school football unless you put the name of the gentleman that's with us, that's joining us today. So I'm excited for him to join us and spend some time with us and talk about what it takes you know, to not only win, but to also stay winning at a high level. Yeah, you, t- you talk about winning. Uh, this guy named Steve Pardue has has won a lot. You know, four state championships here at LaGrange High School. Four. I mean, that's a lot for a high school football coach. Uh, eight region titles. Um, coach, kind of kind of tell us real quick, bio. I mean, you can Google his bio. You can look and see where he's been and, and what he's done. Uh, today we're going to, you know, have conversation about winning as a whole, but – Kind of tell everybody, you know, how you got into the coaching industry and, um, you know, your story. Well, my, my dad was a coach in Western Kentucky, and I, you know, a lot of people, and I used to struggle with kids that didn't know what they wanted to do when they got older, because all I ever wanted to do is be a high school football coach. I didn't want to be an NFL coach. I didn't want to be a college coach. From the time I can remember, that's all I ever wanted to do. And uh, one of my dad's best friends when he got out of coaching was the head coach of my high school. And uh, he came over and picked me up when I was 10 years old, and I'd go to practice. You know, people tell stories there about he would stop, I'd bump into him, you know, but that's what I thought about him. And um, so, really, that's what I've always wanted to do. And then, probably the biggest break of my career coming out of college was I got hired by Conrad Nix at uh, Fayette County High School. Uh, a lot of people don't recognize Conrad's name, he's gotten older, but Bo Nix, his granddad, yeah. and Patrick's his son, who's a very successful head coach. and they were just all ball, the next family. Patrick was a seventh grader. He had a brother, Rusty was a ninth grader. And and like, if we weren't practicing, we weren't at school, most of them I was at their house. We we're watching old film. We we're watching Northside and Warner Robins, 1975, you yeah. know, on Thanksgiving night. I mean, that was fun for us. <laughs> and uh, went on from there and became head coach back in Western Kentucky at a small school. And uh, my dad's health wasn't good. I needed to get home. And then just really wanted to get back to Georgia and uh, was uh, so fortunate one of my College coaches, Sam Pickett was assistant at LaGrange. They needed one, and I came. And golly, the first year, you know, working for Coach Guthrie, we go 15-0 and and not only win the state championship, the national championship. And uh, three years later, I'm the head coach here and uh, had a great 17-year run and and really never wanted to be, like I say, a college coach. But uh, my best friend, or one of them, Joker Phillips, uh, gave me an opportunity to go to the University of Kentucky, coaching SEC, my home state. And, like I say, that never was a goal, but it was an opportunity and a lot more money. I'll be honest with you, you know, doing something I love to do and went back and uh, we didn't win quite enough there. So I came back to East Coweta and then I uh, was at LaGrange College one year and uh, ended my career there. Yeah. Or I think I have. I'm like, you never say never, you know. Well, you know, we always talk about I still feel like you have so much to offer. Um, you know, with with your wisdom and obviously experience. Now, I, I remember I was a sophomore in high school, and I remember when you interviewed for that job. Remember, as a matter of fact, I vividly remember seeing you in the hallway at that old gym mm-hmm. with your suit on, and it was kind of you a knew su- something was unusual. It, well, yeah, that, right? yeah. It was kind of a surprise, you know, to to us students, you know, that you got hired. You it know? was surprised to me. Yeah. It really was. You know, I mean, I, I remember sitting there the day I got hired thinking, man, I may just pull my name out of this thing. I don't think I'm going to get it. I got a couple of good friends that wanted it, and I liked living here. Coach Guthrie had 
offered me to go with him up to Rome. Coach Nix had just got back in it at Northside and wanted me to come there, be his defense coordinator. Had a lot of things running through my mind, and, uh, and I just thank Mr. Mickey McCoy. You know, him and Lois Myers, athletic director, took a chance on a guy young. And I really think it helped that I did have four years of coaching experience, even though I was at a single-A school in Western Kentucky. I had ran my own program at one time. So, uh, And it's so lucky at LaGrange. You know, we had a great group of guys, and we kept them there most of the time. Yeah. But, Coach, it helped you because when you were here in 91 on the national championship team, you coached a certain position. And then I think each year before you become head coach, you changed position coaches. So you got to see both sides of the ball. Exactly. You got to see different, uh, you know, opportunities on – on the whole football field. So I speak. think that really helped me early at LaGrange because I was an outside linebacker coach for a year. Then I was the offensive line coach for a year. Then I was the defensive coordinator for a year. Then I became the head coach. So, uh, and I look back at it when I went to East Coweta years later, it was such a struggle early at East Coweta because I didn't know anything, you know, just the operations of the school and, uh, you know, joke is, you know, where the bodies are buried and everything, you know, the kind of do's and don'ts of each individual situation. But uh, they're all different, but that definitely was an advantage for me. And uh, the fact that I was able to keep two coordinators with me for 17 years and the stability we had was a tremendous help at LaGrange. You know, in that in that first year, you lost your first five games. and I Four. Re- first four. four. Okay. Four. All right. Don't give me one more than I had now. It was tough enough then. Well, you know, there was a lot of alumni and, you know, there's some hardcore Grangers that were like, I'll put a for sale sign in his yard. You know, they're ready to get you I was you one going. of them. I was one of them. Man, you have to fight, self, self-doubt. And, you know, we're talking about winning. That's one thing you got to do. You're going to have some – especially in high school. And I used to always say you can't recruit in high school. I don't think that's true anymore. Back when I coached, <laughs> you couldn't recruit in high school. So, you kind of had groups of kids coming through, you know. And, unfortunately, you know, the good thing with winning is – you're winning. The bad thing is you can't schedule anybody that's not really good. So we're three years. Well, you're at LaGrange High School. You're, right. you, you know, when you hear that name at that time, at that they're time, not going to play you. I would call people. Hey, I see you guys have an open, and they'd laugh. Yeah. I'm not playing you. So, you know, we opened up. Yeah, we were 0-4, but we played Quincy Carter, Southwest Cab, McEachern, and Upson Lee had one of their best teams, uh, 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 Morrow, you know. So yeah. it, it was a tough opening, but uh, – it was fun, you know. Even, even then, I remember me and Coach Branch. You know, in our mind was, we're not winning. We got to stay here later, you know. So we were grinding. I mean, I remember we're drinking coffee at midnight, you know, watching more film. And but we stayed the course, and uh, uh, we had some conflict happen before the fifth game, and I had to make some tough decisions. And we go out and win twenty eight. We, we scored twenty one points first quarter, and I don't want to get in what happened, but I think I learned more from that experience with some some disciplinary things that helped me. And we go on, end up five and five. And if Carson Bailey's not at East Cal, makes a great play. We're going to go into the playoffs at six and four yep. that year. So uh, we kind of ride the ship and, you know, the next year was better. And then year three was when we really kind of got yeah. it going, you know, and then we still stumbled a little bit in 99. We kind of decided to go with some younger kids and it paid huge dividends down the road. Well, you know, that pay, you're talking about 99 season, if I'm not mistaken, that was the season that you started a freshman at quarterback, I think after the second game. Like first second, game. First I, game. Actually brought him in the fourth quarter, started the first quarter, the fourth quarter, the first game. And I told him if I had to start him, we may have won. We got beat nine to seven. And, uh, yeah, we, we had a freshman tailback, a freshman corner, and a um, quarterback. So with Blake Mitchell, Skyler Thornton, and Adrian Griffin, who end up being the core of our first state championship team, you know. All D1 football players. All D1 football players. And and two of them, 
I had taught in first grade when I first came to LaGrange as oh, a wow. uh, PE teacher. I had Skyler and Adrian in class. So wow. that was neat to have those guys go the full cycle. You know, uh, Sam Olajibutu, one of the best. He was on that team too. Great, great football player. And and uh, he had a thing on Facebook the other day, but one people put, when do you remember me from? I, from the second grade PE class. I never <laughs> dreamed you would lead my first state championship team to a championship. You know? Hey, I, I remember uh, – you know, you see rec ball kids now, and 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 listen, there's nothing wrong as a, as a parent to you know clap. And my son had a really good year, but you know the ones that are very special. And I'll never forget, you know, being right out of high school and needing some money part time. I was keeping the score for a rec football game, and it was over here at Granger on the track. And there was this kid; he was 12 years old, and every time he touched the ball, he scored. He made every, almost every tackle yep. as well, and it was Sam Ajabutu. Tell you the best story about him. Coach Crocker coached him for four years. He remembers him missing one tackle in game or practice or anything. He said, I'm sure he missed more. He said, but I remember one, you know. So, again, it's a great group of kids. We had a great staff, and it all came together, you know, and that's usually what happens with winning, you know. And then the good thing is when you get that going, if you keep your program consistent, the kids start believing, yeah. and then you don't have to be as good – to do as well. And obviously you've got to have some talent like anything, but but believing and, and having a program and staying the course, you know, we had a we had a we called the LaGrange way. You know, we were going to do this on Monday, this on Tuesday. And like I'd always tell the kids though, with any great plan, you have to adjust. You don't know what's going to happen. You know, you may be going to a game and I was real anal about we're leaving at 405, we're going to get there at 452 and everything. Well there's a three car wreck. You can't do that. So yeah. you got to adjust your plan, you know, and things happen all the time. Somebody gets sick, somebody gets hurt. So I think that's big is to, to definitely have a plan, but no, I may have to adjust. When I do, we're not going to panic. We're going to stay the course. Yeah, but you said something that was, to me is so powerful. You know, I've always been taught that you have goals. You're not, you're not always going to hit your goals, but if you have a way of doing things, a standard, you can always hit your standard. You can no always do it the way that you need to do it. I always told the kids, I said, my job is to make sure we do everything during the week to win the game. I said, now, if, if – and then you've got to be honest with yourself. Are you giving everything you got in the weight room? Are you watching film like you should be watching film? Are you running sprints like you should? I said, if you are and we go out and get beat, I have no problem. Yeah. I'm going to walk across, shake that guy's hand and say, hey, congratulations, we're going yeah. back to the house try to get better. Now, what's bad is, is when you do that and you think, man, I didn't do this this week. You know, I, I didn't do what I've been doing. You know, I stayed out or I did this wrong. That's a sick feeling. And that's what I tried to – because I, I always told the guys, and you know, I mean, both of y'all were in the weight room and stuff, the days you're motivated, you don't need me. No. The days you're not is when I need to get you going. Yeah, you but, know? That, but really being motivated is 20 30% of the no time. No doubt. No doubt. And, and the deal is, is what we got going at LaGrange. And and they're getting it. They're going now. I'm, you know, I'm partial to them. Obviously, I got a shirt on. But uh, it's it's like and reading some of those things about Sam is a great example. Braxton Kelly said, I watched you. My freshman year in the yeah. weight room, I watched you. I wanted to do what you and Lalu did. And when you get that and your seniors can't let you down. You know, I always told our seniors – you can't be doing the same things you were doing as a ninth grader. Yeah. You know, a new employee, you can't be making the same mistakes you made when I first hired you. You know, you've got to get better and don't go back because subconsciously, once I think you know what to do and I know I can trust you, I'm not going to be checking on you all the time. I'm yeah. going to trust you're doing your job. And not that I didn't trust you, you just didn't know how yet. Yeah. You know, but once you do, let's keep going. You, you said that about 
having leadership and, and young kids watching the, the the guys before them. I'm sitting here thinking, because I was there, that was my sophomore year in high school, your first year. And to hear you say, you know, you're 0-4, and you hear Coach Brandt say, hey, we just got to work harder. You know, you got you came into an environment, obviously, with Conrad Nicks, you know, falling in love with ball. You know, that's all you taught was ball. But, you know, having Gary Guthrie and, and his level of work ethic, that taught you how to do things. No doubt. I think all of us are a combination of who we worked for or we were come in contact with. And that's, you know, sometimes a bad experience is good. Yes. You build from it, you know. So you got to look at every experience. And I was reading – some other day, some coach was saying, you know, you learn so much from your scars. You don't want to keep getting scarred up. You know, yeah. after a while it gets a little old. But that's so true. If you go back after those scars, you know, you don't just make an excuse. Hey, well, this happened or that happened. Don't do that, man. We, we got It's got to be about our work ethic. It's got to, and then sometimes as a coach, we got to say, hey, these guys are doing everything we ask them to do. Maybe I need to change something, yeah. you know. So you've got to be able to look yourself in the mirror. I used to have a rule that if, if – uh, I didn't like watching the film after the game the older I got because I was if we won, I wasn't going to be happy when I watched the film. If we lost, well, we weren't as bad as I thought we were. So I wanted yeah. whatever emotion I was feeling, I wanted to feel it until the next morning. Well, you know, you, uh, I was talking to one of your coaches, and he said on Sunday you had the whole week planned out, detailed. And, right. like, he said that you never miss a detail from special teams. It's like you practice every scenario that could happen on Friday night and you made sure that it was instilled and put in, you know, Monday through Thursday. And he was talking about how, you know, your leadership, you allowed your coaches to coach. Right. Like, you know, they had their positions and everything. You gave them a game plan, but you allowed them to coach. You know, how tough is it sometimes when you have some – because you had a lot of great coaches around you. Like no you doubt. said, you had two coordinators for 17 years. Those guys could have went and been head coaches anywhere, but they stayed with you, I think, number one, because they believed in you, Right. But also, I believe that it was a, your leadership that allowed them to do what they did best. And you kind of stayed out of the way, but you you kept them in check. Now, hey, we need to get back here, you know. And, you know, it, it wasn't all me. I mean, LaGrange is a great place to live and teach, you know. And and then, like, you know, Donnie, he, he had his baseball. his head, But I did. I tried to make everybody a head coach of their position. You know what I mean? You're the head outside linebacker coach. You're the head, you know, you had your guys – and that's what frustrates me now when I hear people criticize their assistants or something. I'm like, well, they had to be doing that at practice. Yeah, that's right. You know, so I'm watching everybody. And I tried to know every position on our field. I could have coached. You know, I really could have. But I would watch them in drills. And I'm not going to wait to the game and see something and go, why are we doing that? Why didn't I tell you that on Monday? Yeah. You know, and sometimes I'm going to ask you that. And you're going to say, I'm doing it because this is. Okay, I'm good with that. If you got a, I don't like. Well, we've always done that. Yeah, I had a coach one time tell me that at another different school. Well, I've always done it that way. It's really funny because he became a head coach here recently. He called me and said, "Coach, I understand why that made you mad now, because that was one of the few times I ever got on him." When he said, "I said that makes no sense to me. I've got to have a reason why I do something, or, or why am I doing it? You know, let's." Not, and again, we worked real hard and a lot of hours, but we didn't waste time either. I mean, you know, when we got done, man. I love my wife and kids. I'm gonna go home, you know, and and I was. I'm a morning person, so I would get up early. My kids are still asleep. My wife's still asleep. You know, then I get to come home a little early when they're awake. So there's a lot of different ways to do every job, I think. You know, you got to just find your niche, how you do it, believe in it, and and just stay the course. Well, it wasn't always peaches and cream. And what I mean by that is, you know, 2002, you come off of a devastating loss in 2002, you know, thinking you should have went back to back from 2001, 2002. You lost a lot of key players. So you go into 2003, you make a good run, 
And I think if I'm not mistaken, at home, you're up two to nothing at half. And I, I said that right, two to nothing. Two we to nothing. had a safety. Why not win in the ballgame two to nothing? But some of the storylines not told about is you had a kicker who was pretty solid who missed four field goals that game. He missed four field goals within his range. But you go into the dome the next game and he kicks like a 50-yarder at half. Right, right. The end so half. how do you like recalibrate and refocus? When, when people are failing, how do you make sure that it's – you let them know, hey, let's get back and refocus because you are a winner, but let's get back and get back to the basics. Well, I mean, and the thing is, I think you, you it's all, I always try to build our whole deal off trust too. You know, you got to trust me that if you have a bad day or a couple of days, I'm cool. I'm, I believe in, you know, but now you keep having those days over and over. <laughs> I've been in other situations where I had to change that position late in the year, the first state championship year, you know, and I didn't want to do that. And that's what people understand, man. I don't love you any less yeah. not to play you, but I coach the whole team. I run the whole organization, so I can't let my affection for you affect our team, you know, just because our person, if you're not producing, sometimes you got to go, man. You hate it, you know, and it happens in the coaching world all the time. And, and people aren't saying you're not a good coach. Whatever it is, it's not working, working right yeah. now. So we gave you as many chances because there's, you know, there's a point of diminishing returns, really. You know, you – you wait, you wait, wait, but you don't come on. But that kid was no problem. And I knew he was That's right. in him. And, you know, I'd watched him grow up. And uh, I'm, I'm going to tell you that the, the thing I don't think people understand about winning is, 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 and this is sincere, the hardest thing is when you start competing against yourself. Mm. That's hard. Like you say, we win those state championships. Then all of a sudden you're like, if we don't win one, have I gotten dumber? Am I not as good a coach now, you know? You stay the course and everything, but that was probably the hardest when my toughest game was against me. Yeah, that's when I had to I had to refocus a little bit because it was I felt like it affected me physically a little bit. You know, I was so consumed with it, and then when it didn't happen, and you know, and I wasn't realizing that hey, like I say, we're doing everything we can. It's nobody point blame at you know, but I think you do have to watch that. And then again, that's a fine line between making an excuse. You know, you, you don't want to make an excuse. But it is hard. I mean, y'all are in that business where every week's a new week. Yeah. You know, you got to go, you know. So, but again, like you say, we had that plan, plan out the week. But then over the course of time, that thing changed. Mm -hmm. And a lot of times it wasn't me. It'd be one of the coaches that's, you know, what do you think about this? And that's one thing I learned from Gary Guthrie. And I'll, like I say, take different things from different people. I never heard Coach Guthrie be asked a question and answer it right away. He wasn't going to make a sap decision and go, let me think about it. Sometimes I'm like, Coach, I just asked you about that. You know, this is nothing, you know, but but that was a really good trade of his, you know. So, uh, so they'd come in, throw something on me, and, you know, sometimes they'd come on, i go, no, I'd already decided, you know, we're not doing that, you know. But sometimes, like, man, it may be a pretty good idea, you know, and we'd change up a little bit of our – you know, a great deal. Our first championship, uh, Coach Branch, uh, the baseball coach there now is the defense coordinator, and, and we're beat up. You know, we're beat up. We just beat a really good Appen County team on – which we thought was the best team we had to play that year. We still had to finish it out, you know. But he he really came to me and said, Coach, I think we got a better chance of, of losing the championship game this week during practice than winning it. And uh, we Who were some of the guys on that defense that year? Uh, was Blackman on that team? No, that was he was 03 and 04. Sam Elijah Butu and Eric Henderson played the inside linebackers. Marvin Kendrick was a defensive end. John Weaver, Marcus Gates. Uh, Lee. Kelly Reed, 
Kelly. They all kind of run together, yeah. Madison Bear. So, so you Ryan guys, Whitfield, so, Ola Lou. So you guys made the decision to not go full pass. Not to go in full pass. And I, and I talked to the kids about it. Yeah. We just didn't show up and say, hey, no pass day. And it's like, hey, I'm trusting you. Yeah. I said, look, I get it, man. I like going around town now. Everybody's glad to see you. You know, I mean, won that first state championship. My wife and I went to the same restaurant three Saturdays in a row. Somebody picked up our bill. <laughs> I, I come in every Saturday, Monday to coach for us. It happened again. It happened again, you know. <laughs> but I told him, I said, look, I got to have two hours a day from y'all. Give me 30 minutes in the weight room, yeah. locked in what we're doing, hour and a half on the practice field. We're going to shorten practice. At one point in my career, you know, we used to go, when the time changed, we would go to the baseball field, turn on the lights and keep practicing. And I was like – and I think God's telling us it's time to shorten our practice a little bit. You know, we know what to do. Let's stay fresher. And we started getting better, coincidentally, at the same time. So uh, the kids bought into it. They understood it. And we went out. And I'll never forget, after the game, there was an old coach there and a salesman I had. And I was sharing that story with them. And that old coach said, I, I couldn't do that. And that salesman go, you may want to think about it. He's still playing and you're standing by me, you know? So, and again, things don't always work. You know, I can tell you some other things we tried, but, but those are things that, you know, I look back on and you remember that, uh, that was obviously special in your time. But, you know, one year we were up there at the dome and we had three kids. We put cast on after the game because they had sprained their ankles and you can put them on a boot. But if you get home, don't want to wear that boot. And you want to go out and you take, can't take the cast off, you yeah. know? So, uh, we were lucky with our doctor guy and orthopedic people that helped us. That's the thing, man. When you get – a guy told me one time, said it takes about seven or eight years to be somewhere to – you don't have all the answers still, but you know where to look. You know what I mean? And it, I guess it's that way in any business. You know, you've gone through this. You've gone through that. Obviously, there's going to be some wrenches thrown into it. But I told him that one time. I said, Coach, as an older guy, I said, man, I won't tell you. I really appreciate that. He goes, yeah, but I forgot to tell you, after about 12 years – You've made enough people mad, you may want to leave, you know. So, but I stayed for 17, and it was 17 years of really fun. You, well, know, you, you share time. something with me that just opened up my eyes. You know, the average fan, they see wins and losses, right? And then the average fan says, you know, well, they just have good players, you know, but people don't realize there's so much more that goes into it. And you shared with me this you said, you know, hey, when, when I was there, you know, we had Jay Russell as an athletic director, ex coach. Right who'd come in there and, and watch film with us, you know, very supportive of anything we needed. You know, you had uh, David Trailer, uh, Kenny Moore, you know, that were math department. David Trailer was a counselor. You had different peep coaches in different areas of the school. Like if you had a problem with a kid, you know, it. you were just explaining how critical it is to have an administration to win at high no level. doubt. I mean, you 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 got to have it all if you want to win. And I really believe every year there's four or five teams in each class that have a chance to win it. That have enough talent. And what's the difference going to be? You know, and um, and you're exactly right, Nick. And I'd like to take credit for how we. I had coaches in every department. I mean, it's kind of happened. Yeah. All of a sudden, I'm like, hey, we need to keep doing this though. You know, because like a science teacher may know me, but they don't know me, but they know you, you you're two, do two doors down. Yeah. They'll come to you and say, this kid's doing this. And now you can fix that problem yeah. before it ever gets to me, you know? So that High school kids me. give you problems? No, <laughs> never, never. You know, hey, I heard a kid, guy, I was at a leadership conference in Columbus speaking a few years ago and, and uh, God, Benson Buckner played at Carver, played at Clemson, played in NFL for like 17 years. And, He's now coaching professionally. Before that, he was coaching Little League, though. You know, but he said, Coach, he goes, y'all talk like y'all the only people with problems in high school. I said, 
we just drafted the guy in the second round that jumped out of a window. You know what I mean? So <laughs> there's problems everywhere you go. You're dealing with – and I always tell people, hey, good kids are kids. Yeah. You know, they're still going to have mistakes, and coaches are going to have things going on in their life, you know, and uh, there's just a whole lot more that goes into it. And that's why I have, you know, great respect for the successful coaches and ones that I think do it the right way. They're trying to teach the right lessons. And uh, and I'm so proud of the guy we got now. You know, anybody get a chance, I tell how happy I'm Matt Napier. You know, I think he's – stands for all the things that are right in high school sports and how they work about it. But you're so right. I mean, it goes to like Jay Russell. Jay Russell was athletic director slash my psychiatrist. You know, he was a long time coach. He had coached longer than me. So about every morning I'd take a cup of coffee and go up there and talk to him. You know, a lot of times Jay wouldn't say a word. He'd listen, let me vent or yeah. and someday well, have you thought about this? So uh, that was really good. And then like, you know, you mentioned David trailer and, and I tell you another thing, you know, him and Donnie, where we position them at in the coat in the box off the field, they could be calm. They could be, you know, sometimes I'd get caught up in the motions of it. And over time I learned I need to lean on them a little bit more yeah. in tight times. You know, what do y'all mm. think? You know, because I'm getting down here, you know, it's fourth down, the kids are wanting to go, the fans are wanting to go, you know, and and sometimes I disagree with what they said, but the, I wanted their input, you know, and and I think as a great leader, that's one thing you better understand. You don't have to do everything, you know. You, that's right. You're a lot better with good people around you. Well, yeah. you, you talk you talk about having good people around you, but trusting those people. Oh, no you doubt. You know, trusting them from a competent standpoint and also trust them like, do you trust them? You know, I got, I've got it written down on my desk. It's, it says trust equals speed. You know, you don't have to question. You know, if somebody tells you something, you don't have to think about it. Yeah, they're telling me the truth, you know. So surrounding yourself with the right people that you trust, you can move at a faster well, rate. Well, and, and when you get going, you like you say, you're thinking so fast. So speed's a good word. But if I tell you, hey, I need you to take care of this, if I have to think about that, I might as well do it myself. That's right. Yeah, You know, and like, you know, and again, all my guys, but like David Trailer, when I told him something, and I didn't, that wasn't a conscious decision I made. Subconsciously, it went out of my mind from years of watching people. You can't, you know, you get a new guy. I was going to watch him a little bit before I knew right away, hey, I, I didn't trust him. I know he's going to do it. Mm -hmm. Not going to have an excuse, you know. And uh, that, that was a fun thing when I first got in the coaches association here in Georgia and is all head coaches on these all-star deals and everything like, and we used to have a you know all the games were at one spot in the summer, and like you may have the softball game, right? Well, you're in charge of all the softball game, and I learned at an early age there's like you're in charge. Like if they ain't got somebody for the national anthem, you'll be singing the national anthem, <laughs> or you better have a tape ready. You know what I mean? But that's how yeah. it was. And the guy in charge, you didn't go to him and say, "Hey, I can't get this done." You know, you get it done. It's your job. You know, and. Uh, a lot of people shy away from that. You know, I think some people, when they get in that leadership role, all of a sudden it's like, ooh, that's not exactly what I thought. You know, there's some things in the Bible like that. You know, there's some quotes in there you look, and it's like people that were groomed to take over when all of a sudden it became that time. They're like, oh, wait a minute now. It really is, you know. I just tell my guys sometimes I joke with them, you know, fourth and one, what do y'all think? Is my, is my, is my yeah. headset not working, yeah. you know? Yeah. When we're up 28 to nothing, everybody's got a good suggestion. Yeah. But, and that's really not true with my guys. They were all really good. But but that happens. You know, people do get quieter because that – But that, and you got to understand, like, you know, like the defensively, you know, I, I gave Coach Branch the defense. You know, I didn't worry about the defense. Now, I'd question stuff, and, and there were certain things he knew that I would do if we weren't doing what I wanted in practice. And, and, and he would tell me, I hate it when you do that, but I understand why you do it. Yeah. You know, and uh, and that, that's just – I don't know, man. There's uh, – I think, you know, life, living it, 
you got you got to do something. You know, it's hard to jump. Everybody wants to jump around, change job, change this. Find something you do. Find something like I didn't feel like I ever went to work. Yeah, because it was my passion. Yeah. You know, it wasn't like oh man, I gotta go to work. I gotta go to the weight room today. It's off season. I I came in ready to go every day. Well, you, you know? stayed planted. I mean, you know, yes, Lagrange. I'm biased as well. Lagrange High is a phenomenal place. It's different there. I I, I really believe that. But you were winning. And so, I mean, this is before social media. Your head was poking up. Your your de offensive defense coordinators, you know, people were coming and offering you jobs. Right. You know, you know, big time schools in the state of Georgia were offering jobs. You know, as a as a coach and a teacher, you were getting offered a whole lot more money right. than you were making here. But but you decided to stay. You know, and as much of that was my kids. Because I, I thought it was such a special place. I wanted them to grow up here. You yeah. know, one of the hardest things I did was take my son to Lexington when I went to University of Kentucky. And I, I, I told him that one time. I was like, man, you know, I look back on that. Thank God he married a girl from there and he's real happy. You know, I said, yeah. you wouldn't have met her. So a guy was in that plan, yeah. you know, and you, you got to trust the Lord, man. You really do. And and I remember back, you know, Nick, um, guys would leave jobs sometime and I think, God, why did he leave that? He had a good job. Why did he go there? And then three years later, they're running him off from there, you know? There's something about – I can look at a football team and tell you that, hey, that's a well-coached football team. Yeah. That, that team we played last week, Burke County, yeah. got a lot of respect for Eric Parker. He wasn't there, had a heart attack two weeks ago. But the way they carried themselves, yeah. you could tell they were – that don't mean they're going to win every game, but they're going to get the best out of what they have, yeah. you know? And I – I get joy out of seeing that, you know, I really do. And I go watch them I'm like, man, that's good. Especially if it's a friend of mine that I've kind of respected from a distance, you know, I want to see up close. Like I used to love to ask our chain crew after the game, like when I had friends on the chain crew, how was their sideline organization? You know, if they said, coach, they're all cussing, they're doing that. I was like, golly, man, I always respected that guy. I yeah. changed my opinion of him. It did. Or if they're like, man, coach, they're really organized. And I was like, good, good. That's hoping that's the kind of guy. And I, maybe I'm wrong by judging people that way, but, that's how I think you should run the game. I always like I hate it on the sideline when somebody gets hurt or somebody's on the punt team and everybody starts screaming. Nobody can hear you. I said, find out who's not there and one person call that guy's name. Let's get him out there. You know, yeah. and in, in the heat of the battle, if if you're panicking, people underneath you are going to panic. That's so right. you've got to stay calm. You know, now there's a time you've got to get a little fired up. Maybe they're not fired up. You know, I, ne I didn't. I never got a 15 yard penalty. People don't believe me that. They said I rode the officials all the time. But yeah, I you never, did work the officials. Yeah, I worked work exactly. Yeah. I didn't I wasn't as mad as I acted sometimes. I was trying to <laughs> trying to get that next call because that one was gone. You understood that. And sometimes you do get upset, but uh I never tried to cross that line. And I was very fortunate probably that I had some patient guys. You but know? but to your point, you're talking about, you know, how different coaches and teams handle themselves. You know, it's that it's the same way in business, you know. You're going to go through ups and downs. No doubt. You're, you're going to have, you know, months where they're really good. You're going to go through quarters where they're not so good. You're going to have talent uh, teams. You have a lot of talent. Then you have teams where the talent's not where it needs to be. But if you're consistent in how you handle your business, if you're consistent in how you do things, when you do hit that stride, things can be really good. No doubt. That's, that's what you're, you know – that's why I always told somebody, I said, you know, when you win a championship, to me what that says is, given the right people, I'm good enough to win one. Yeah. You know, some people never may get in that situation. Yeah. I mean, I, there's guys, and I've thought about this a lot, I think the older I get, there's guys that go to schools 
And I got a good friend, Moore Star, Coach Star. Yeah. Remember, he coached in the Rangers a long time yeah. ago. He has coached at some of the worst traditionally bad schools in the state of Georgia. And he does it for those kids because they need leadership too. They need yeah. to be taught stuff, you know. And winning, like I always told our guys, we don't really know whether we win until 10, 15 years from now. What kind of a dad are you? What kind of a husband are you? What kind of a worker are you? How are you going about, you know, just this instant gratification we got right now, you know, but it's a bigger picture than that. And you've got to stay that, keep that in your mind, you know, as you're going. And like you were talking about the ups and downs, I always told our teams that for big games. I always, it's like riding the waves. You're going to get real high, you're yep. going to get real low. You know, there's going to, like Troop LaGrange, you'd always, you know, there's a touchdown. Hi, ah, everybody on your sideline's going crazy. Everybody's over there's down. You know, a few minutes later, it changes, yeah. you know. And you can't get too high and you can't get too low. Yeah. You got to keep keep the course, keep doing what you're doing, you know. Me and my wife had this conversation a while back. You know, as a parent, you're making decisions for your kids. You hope you're making the right decisions for your kids. But like you said, I'm not going to know until my kids are 40 years old. Exactly. What kind of adults they are that I'm that me and my wife made the right decision. You hope you do. You know, I think some of the issues now is where, you know, parents want to be their friend. No doubt. You know, about they, it. they 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 want to, you know, live vicariously through them, you know, and it's, you know, Coach Branch told me this a while back. He said, man, one of the best words you can say to your kids is no. You know, no sometimes doubt. just say no to them, you know, but but that's um it's, it's, you you know, talk about you don't know how well you're doing until down the road. I mean, when you have players that come up to you and, you know, the building blocks that you guys instill with them, you know, hey, being on time, something as simple as you having a strict schedule like that. You know, me and JB grew up, listen, our daddy was 30 minutes early to everything, mostly an hour, you know, early. We're, we're stifflers for being late. I can't stand it when somebody's late. But that was just something as simple as, being around a man that would show up early for things. You had kids that you don't even know it now. They live their life by being on time, you know, by the schedule that you made back in the day. So just little things that they caught by being around your program. You, y'all did things that you'll never even see the fruits of. Well, you know, we tried to be a family friendly staff. I wanted our guys to see me being a dad, David Trailer being a dad. My wife up there being a being a husband, you know, because so many kids don't come from that environment right now. They don't come from two parents, whatever that situation. And I think that's important to them. You know, I know some friends of mine coaching college. Like, God, I, I can't really talk about it. It breaks my heart. I was watching a a uh, interview with one of those kids at Virginia that yeah. just got killed. The big receiver, and man, I don't even know his his position, coach. I looked him up last night. Last night is Coach Hagens and. And this was a, a deal that did something like we're doing right now that they didn't use the video yet. You know, they shot it and was taunting him, and he was just talking about how Coach Hagen makes us all feel like family. We go to his house all the time, said, they got films of, of you at his kids' Lily games. He goes, I'm a family guy. So I grew up around my family. He said, when I, my family's in South Carolina now. Here, they're my family. It's not – I'm not doing anything. I don't I – I'm a family person, you know, but – here that guy was bringing those kids in, you know, and those kids were seeing an opportunity. And I don't know what kind of background he was, but I think that's so important, though. I think it's so, so important. Like I said, there's so many things, just little things, you know, that I think you should do. And, and uh, I used to tell our guys my most unfavorite commercial of my whole life, was, and I love the guy, Charles Barkley. I love Charles Barkley. I'm a big Charles Barkley fan, but he had that – I'm not a role model. Yeah. You don't get to choose that. That's right. You're, you're, when you're playing football at LaGrange High School, 
to a kid in the fifth or sixth grade, you're a role model. That's right. Yep. Now, the choice you get to make, am I a good role model? Am I a bad one? But the fact that I am a role model, that's the only choice I get to make. You know, I, good or bad, it doesn't matter about the other. You know that um, you talk about being a role model is, especially now in the day and age we live in with social media, you can get caught up in distractions. Like you can get caught up thinking you're really good. You can get caught up in thinking that the team you're about to play is just going to run right all over you. You know, and a lot of your coaches always told me that you do a really good job of letting them have that belief that, yes, we can. Regardless of what people are telling you, yes, we can beat this team. I think it was 2003 um, on paper you're supposed to get beat in the state championship. But everybody in that locker room believed they could go win. And, you know, uh, Wesley Woodyard, you know, played NFL, had a great career in the NFL. He did a video one time, and he, he tried to tell you, you have not arrived. And that's something you always right. tell the players, no matter how good they were. All these letters they're getting in, they're getting ready to go sign D1, do this and do that. You always let them know you have not arrived yet. Yeah. But it's a fine line that you did. You know, it's it's right. You, you let you let them believe that they can win. But when you have those teams that are really good, hey, we're not that good. You know, and right? I, it, it's 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 a juggling act. Well, I remember when I first got to East Coweta, we got beat by Westlake. We were I think we were undefeated at the time, three and zero both those. We're walking in the locker room, and I overheard one of the kids say, man, we never win the big games. And I called him up right there and I said, guys, I've never played in a game that wasn't big. Yeah. You get beat by somebody's 0-9 and, and you're 9-0, that was a huge game. Yep. So That's you right. better treat every game like it's a big game. You know, and again, man, you, you work so hard for so few opportunities, you know. And, and, and I think any business is that way, man. You've got to be going, you know, and it's – I don't know, man. I just have so many thoughts in my head, you know, like – like I used to tell my players and my kids, you know, I was like, man, who are you going to meet when you go to Walmart today? Who am I going to meet if I go to Walmart? I have no idea. Now, I'm not going to dress up and everything, but I'm not going to go with a dirty shirt on. Yeah. And I may meet my wife there today. If I'm a teenager, I may meet my next boss there. Yeah. So, you know, somebody be a little saying, you know, don't if you stay ready, you don't have to get ready. That's right. You know, just yeah. stay ready. I, I heard another quote I thought about you the other day. Rodney Garner, a good friend of mine, coaches defensive line at Tennessee now. He said there's – Three things in this world that three truths, film, what was it? Film, the mirror, and the Bible. Yeah. Those are three truths, you yeah. know, that, that aren't going to lie to you. You know, yeah. like the guy tell you, I know, we turn on that film, it's going to tell, did you do your job? Yeah. You know, you can come off during the game, act like you did it or whatever, you know. And then I think looking yourself in the mirror and being honest with yourself and, and saying, I didn't do a good job. I didn't do this right. Or, Man, I did as good as I can do. It just didn't work the way I wanted to. You know, I'm sure in sales that way. You, I did everything I wanted to do. It didn't work. But hey, I gotta go get ready for the next one. That's right. You know, Take ownership. Bounce back. Yeah. You know, ownership. That, that's the first step in in change is having self awareness. You know, if you have some self awareness, that's when you can change. But if you're not self aware, you're never gonna change. Right. You know, it's and we 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 teach this all the time. It's and it's tough to do. Um, about controlling what you can control. No doubt. And, and it really is is so true. I mean, if I can control my attitude, if I can control my thoughts, I can't control anything that happens or outside. But if I can control what I can control, things typically work out. I coached in the Georgia-Florida All-Star game in 2000, a guy named Tommy Stringer at Loganville for – seriously, he was the head coach for like 35 years and AD for 45. He passed away a few years ago, but – that was his deal. Control the control the controllables. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, uh, we're going to play a football game. It's pouring down rain. I can't control the rain. 
Now I can control that we brought 24 footballs. I can control that we brought four dozen towels. I can control that I got an adult down there helping those ball boys. You know, I can control we got this quick dry stuff we put on the ball. Those things, you, but I can't control the rain, you know. So, like I said about adjusting your plan, you know, I, I can I know how far it is, I everything, but I can't control what the traffic does in yep. those situations, you know. So, uh, and and that's that's a big deal, I think, controlling the controllables. Yep. Well, you're playing in the same elements they're playing in, so there's no excuses, right? <laughs> well, I always, you know, somebody said, well, if it rains, what do you think is our advantage? Be our advantage. Well, if it doesn't rain, it's our advantage. Yeah. You know, you just got to have that mindset yeah. that whatever happens, that's what's good for us. You know, we're 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 better on this, and they are they're better. You know. And again, you better pick your battles. And, you know, again, you don't go into every game and say, hey, we're going to do this. You're going to be smart. You're going to game plan. You know, you're going to move guys around, try to get the best matchups. And uh, it's not just the same thing. You know, and dealing with people, no two people are alike. So, you know, I'm, I got I got to figure out what is your hot button, you know? Do you need to be patted on the tail? Hey, Nick, good job. Or do you need – hey, Nick. That was terrible. So there's not a cookie cutter way Man, of coaching there's kids. Definitely not. There's definitely and some and sometimes you got to treat them all tough. And sometimes you always said when you're winning you can be tougher. When you're losing, sometimes you got to pep them back up a little bit, you know. And then unfortunately, I was the kind of guy that you couldn't be nice to. I mean, I knew I got this real hard coach, and I became a better player. You know, I, I didn't enjoy it all the time, you know, but. That's what I responded to, you know. You see the great Nick Saban, you know, they're up 40 and the right guard jumps off offsides. Oh, he loses his mind. But they're down a touchdown. They're coming off the field. He's clapping. He's he's patting them on the butt. And Again, that's what you know, people ask me, why aren't you still coaching? Because the only way I know how to do it is 24-7. And I don't know if I want to do that right now. I may want to do it again sometime, but I, I just don't know if I want to give up that – time with my grandkids, time I do, because if you're going to do something, you've got to do it. Because you way. know that's the only way to be good at it. That's the only way to be good, and that's how I'm wired. I, I don't want to go back and not be good at something just so I can make a little money or something, you know. So I think you got to find things that you're passionate about. And, and again, you know, because, you know, most jobs, good job. If you get a good job. I thought Deion Sanders said it really good that day about getting, having a career versus a job. You know, he's getting on to players, you know, talking about how this generation's changed that you can't tell them the truth the way you could when he was young. So when he played at Florida State, the coach say, come on, man, you're not going to play in the NFL. Go to class. Go yeah. to class. So then when you get done here, you can get a career and not a job. You know, so – and there's nothing wrong with doing different jobs. I mean, if that's the best you can do, do it the best you can do it. You know, and I, I think we try to improve from – you know, I used to tell our players, be better than what your parents were. And that yeah. may be a real high standard. May not be as high, but you may not have the advantages, you know, but we're always trying to be better, be yep. better. Well, you talk about wanting to get back into coaching and you don't know yet and all that stuff, but you know what it takes to win. No and it's doubt. almost like, do I really want to endure that? Because I have to make sacrifices with my, my grandkids now. You know, like you're in a great season now with them, getting to enjoy them, pick them up at school, go watch them play ball and everything. But, you know, you know what it takes to really win at a high level. And it's like, Am I willing to commit to that level right now? Yeah. You were talking a while ago, you started talking about November playoffs. That's, you know, that should be our little deal. Hey, playoff is Granger time, you know. But you got to get to those playoffs. You got to do all the things starting. I always said our season started in January. Yep. As soon as we got back, our guys knew, hey, day one, bang, we're busting. Like if I had a meeting I was supposed to go to, I wouldn't go. I said, I can't do it. Sometimes our coach association or guys would be uh, the college convention deal, which I enjoy, I still go to now. 
but I wouldn't go to it when I was a high school coach because I thought it was so important for day one, let's make a statement what next year is going to be about, you know. And to get to that playoff, I mean, hey, I'd love to somebody just give me a team that works real hard and does everything I tell yeah. them to do, and I'm in the second round of the playoffs right now. It'd be yeah. fun to call a few plays. But to get here, like you say, you know, and that's the thing about Nick Saban. I mean, Ali, how does he not go down as the greatest coach ever? Absolutely. Ever sport. Absolutely. Ever sport in anything. And greatest CEO of any corporation because ever – like I, I had the blessing, like say, coordinator 17 years. He changed them. You know, one year, yeah, like nine out of his 11 on-field coaches changed. And they didn't miss it, you know. But it's got to be because of his leadership and his style. And then you see guys that go, and I think Kirby is doing a really good job. I don't know if we're getting off the subject I want to be on. but We talk about dogs all day. He's – yeah, he knows – all those guys know the Nick Saban way, but they're not Nick Saban. Yeah. So you got to find out what is your deal. You know, you're going to use kind of the same plan – but I, I can't try to be him. I've got to be me at the end of the day, you know. So you see some of these guys that use it and do great and some don't. So it's not just the plan. It's the flexibility of the plan, the adjustments of the plan. Uh, it's, Listen, it's really amazing. There, there's books. There's podcasts. I mean, there's so much knowledge out there for you to be successful at something. Everybody's got the blueprint, you know. Like we, we, we do calls and, you know, sometimes – you know, people will say, well, we want to keep our calls private. Hey, let's open up our call to everybody. I don't care who's listening because few will actually take it and run with it. You right. know, they'll actually do it because it's tough. Business is tough. Winning football is tough. Winning at anything, it's tough. It's like how much are you willing to endure? How how much how much how many sacrifices are you willing to make? Right. You know, it's tough, but it's committing to it. And just being consistent with it, and things like I said, things always seem to work themselves out. And I still think key to is that we sometimes we worry about how much time we're spending doing something, and still the quality of the time we're doing it. Yeah, you know, I mean, don't don't reinvent the wheel. You know, I mean, I was in a meeting at the high school one time; they were talking about trying something new or whatever. And finally, I said, "Look, in my business, if in football, you you you're usually not reinventing the wheel. There's so like you say, there's podcast something but let's find somebody that's doing the type schedule we want to go to in our school system go visit their school watch them talk to them hey what were the stumbling blocks along the way so we don't make the same house you know my sister great idea one time they were going to build a house they found somebody that used that same plan got somebody to make a connection they went and talked to them says what would you do different with this plan Maybe have the door open this way and still that way. You yeah. know what I mean? But I thought that was a great idea. Oh, yeah. I know my sister's crazy, so that worked out <laughs> good for her. But, but seriously, that you know, there's that's to me that's all about preparation. Yeah. You know, that's a word. You know, and culture, all those things are kind of thrown around so much, but they're they're true. Yes. They really are yes. true. What is my culture? But preparation to me, the process. You know that word used. But oh yeah, it's just preparation. My, I'm, you know, and and in my mind, when I was working, I was preparing all the time. I mean, I would be, I mean, I'd be in the shower thinking about plays and thinking about this kid and that kid and, and, uh, just it's endless preparation. I just can't say enough about that. It's like, that's like, you know, coaching playoff football. The last thing in your mind when you go to that game is losing. Well, when that game gets over and you did lose, you're in charge of what the preparation is for, for that night, the next day, Monday, you know what I mean? So, You've got to be planning those things whether you want to or not. You know, mm-hmm. in the back of your mind, you're not, you're not talking to anybody else, but you got a plan here, you know. And preparation, you know, not only for yourself, 
But if everybody is prepared around you, you're more confident. No doubt. And you got guys ready to go, you know, but you don't want them thinking about that. As the leader, that's your job. You know, a friend of mine was on Coach Saban's first national championship staff. Nine o'clock the next morning after they won, they had a meeting and he goes, we put ourselves behind in recruiting by playing this song. So we just won a national championship. <laughs> wow. And, they, you know, they didn't do – that was a celebration. I had a coach – Came to LaGrange one time, and we won a game, and he goes, uh, Coach, what do y'all do after the game to celebrate? I go, great film. We get ready for next week. I said, we don't celebrate games. We celebrate seasons. That will be a time, yeah. you know, career. Really, it's more of a career. You know, now I can look back and come do this with y'all, hang out and everything. If I was here right now, 20 years ago, I'd be thinking what I could be doing and still doing this right yeah. this second, you know? Now, if I thought, hey, this was good for our, for our program, our kids, I'd do yeah. it, you know? But I think you've got to always be thinking, what do I need to be doing? And and being driven is not easy. Uh-uh. It's not easy. Well, you said doing. You know, those words like preparation, culture, they're all cool statements. But at, at the end of the day, you still have to go do. you got to go make action. you got to go execute. And you can't just sit there and talk about it. you got to actually go do it. got to do it. And you got to do it a lot of times when nobody else is around. True. You know, I could, uh, George O'Leary always said at Georgia Tech, he said recruiting – is a lot like shaving. If you don't do it every day, you look like a bum. You know, there's no day offs. Yeah. You know, I mean, you, you you take a day off, somebody else is doing something that you're not doing. And that may be the difference, you know. And, again, like people look at Kirby Smart and those guys, that, oh, man, they got the greatest jobs. They're making all this money. They work every day. Yeah. Oh, I mean, no, they work every day. And when they're not there, they're a phone call away. from You know, some kid shows up in summer on – one of your, you know, two weeks you got off, somebody shows up, you got to go up there. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just uh, it's just the reality of it. And, you know, I remember Kirby used to tell me, like, uh, they would think they're getting off in the offseason Thursday, Thursday night at 5 o'clock, you know, and he'd tell his wife, hey, we'll go out and get some dinner. And Coach Saban would come in at 2 o'clock and say, uh, so-and-so's flying down from the Giants. We're going to watch some film tonight. So you got to call your wife, so dinner's off, you know, and you're there <laughs> to midnight. Yeah. But Friday's schedule doesn't change. You're still back in and, you know, you're going. So – uh, if to be successful, there's there's going to be sacrifices. And anybody that thinks they're not, you're just fooling yourself. You know, you're you just you're looking for that. E- there is no easy way. I don't think there's in not. anything. There's, no, there's no shortcut. Right. There, there's no there's no cheat code. Right. I mean, I would love to. I'd love to that we could practice. You know, 15 minutes a day and go out and win on Friday. <laughs> yeah. I mean, coach, you love practice. I do love practice because I know the important of practice. I enjoyed practice. I know a lot of coaches, even friends of mine, coaches, they don't like practice. They love practice. Friday nights, I didn't enjoy that much. I'll be honest. That's, you know, that was whew, the stress of it more. Once the game started, I was okay. But a couple hours before the game was – that's one reason I quit coaching. I mean, I got – I had to start coughing, and it was affecting me physically. Oh, I, I remember, me and you went to a game uh, last couple of years, and we're driving down Greenwood, coming around the S-curve, around uh, oh, LaGrange Daily News, where, where LaGrange Daily News used to be. and. You said, hey, it's about right here where I was ready to throw up. Oh, ain't no doubt. <laughs> I know? started getting it, and it got worse the older I got. I remember, and I can say this now because I can't be fired or anything, but when we went we, – some year they started telling us we had to come to the stoplight and go up to the college and come in that way. I said, ain't no way, man. <laughs> I got so many memories going this route right here, you know. I'm not changing. And uh, Coach Polly was like, Coach, they tell us, hey, I'll take the bullet. You drive, yeah. you know. But like I said, yeah, those are – I'll never forget my first year here. And I got yeah, to think I'm coming from – Single A, Critton County, Kentucky, Marion, Kentucky, to playing Valdosta, you know. Oh, yeah. 
And we come, and, and people don't really notice it, but before you get to the stadium, you have to go up a little hill. And we hit that rise, and it's 6 o'clock for an 8. And then we're playing at 8. And there was people lined up yeah. across the road waiting to get in, you know. And How many thousand people you think were there? Shoot, I don't know. Because the stadium holds 5,500. There had to be another thousand in the yeah. end zones and everything. And, you know, back then the fire marshals, I don't think they were as tight as – I remember we played Shaw one year in 2004. We were one and two in the state, and they shut the gates on us. They wouldn't let any more in, you know, which is probably a smart thing. I mean, you don't want anything bad to happen. But I saw Rodney Hudson – at the gym the other day, and all I could think about was if Roddy Hudson was a quarterback on this team in 91, and all I could think about is if he was in today's times with the spread, with all the the, the star ratings. I mean, he had been a seven-star. Right. You know? I mean, right. he, he was that good. I, I said the same thing. I saw him last Saturday. I was walking, and somebody started hollering at me. I haven't seen him for a while. He's one of those guys you see him. It's like, you hadn't, it's like you've been with him every day for two weeks, you yeah. know, but – he hollers at me, and, and uh, we talked for a minute, but uh, I told him, I said, people don't know no. how good he was. I mean, he's – he's. when I was the head coach, you know, man, I was very fortunate. You know, Bruce, Sam, Trey, Skyler, you, know, you don't want to leave guys out. But my whole time in LaGrange, there's no doubt yeah. who number one was, and that was Rodney Hudson. I mean, he could win a game by himself. Yeah. You know, I'm not sure you couldn't put him on a kickoff team and them have 11 and him back there and not tackle him. You know, I mean, that, that Cockwood-Gowney game that wins us a national championship, he made every defensive lineman miss him and then throws a pass for about 11 yards, and it was fourth and 10 and three quarters, you know. Yeah. And uh, he was just an unbelievable player, and he was a guy that stayed calm in the moment. You know, he never – panicked you know he was always a cool customer he didn't get too high didn't get too low right didn't get he too said. high didn't get too low and, and he, he trusted his abilities you know he trusted yeah. what it, and god god really blessed him like say in a different era you're right i mean oh, he, he was michael vick before michael yeah. vick and really, could spin you know. it just absolutely oh, yes yeah. so, i mean rpos yeah how would you defend him you yeah. wouldn't have a chance i mean you really wouldn't i mean because the worst case, he make a wrong read. He's one on one with somebody, and what's the chance somebody tackle him? You know, I don't know if you could tackle him in a phone booth. Much less a football field. And people don't realize that year. I mean, you're playing at the highest classification no in the doubt. state of Georgia. So basically, it was like seven A. Now, I mean, you had to beat Noonan twice. Noonan was they could have won the state championship yet. Right, year. right. And, they and the McEacher, you had to beat McEacher and what Played once McEacher or twice. 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 Yeah, yeah. I remember. I remember being a kid. I think I was in. Sixth or seventh grade, and going that game and seeing those big offensive linemen from McEachern. Oh yeah, you know one of them would play in the NFL. Yeah, he was a tight end then. Yeah. They were so big though. Yeah. Adam Meadows, yeah, they had him, and you know just uh, like I say, there's something special about this place. It really is. You know, the kids believe in, and, and uh, again, and people, and I'm not saying it because of me, and I really don't mean it, but coaching is underrated sometimes. I really believe that. Everybody, oh, they got great players. They got great players, but. You got to corral them all together. You got to get everybody on the same accord. You know, coach is the difference. I, I believe coaching. No, Dale, don't get me wrong. I'm a huge Georgia fan, and I'm a believer now, even more than I've ever been. You got to have the dudes. Oh, no I doubt. Mean, you got to have them. But coaching is the difference. Leadership but, is the difference. But at that level, coaching is getting the guys. Yeah, that's right. I mean, recruiting is. You know, that's what I'm saying. The whole time you're getting ready to. You know, that, that was why I liked high school better. I'll be honest. Because, man, I don't like having to get ready to play this game and worry about my team next year. Yeah. You know, now I'm worried about my team because I looked at it a different way. And that was another quote uh, a long time ago. Wrights Baysmore, the guy that really got Valdosta High School going. 
And they asked him, why were you successful? He said, because I coached next year's team this year. Meaning we're on the scout team. I may put you at guard. Yeah. You know, you've been because I want to see you there. I want to do this or that, you know. And I always told our coaches if if somebody came up and watched us practice, other than the talent of our players, I don't want them to be able to know the difference between the coaches coaching the first yeah. team and the third team. Yeah. Because we're we're coaching our future right there. Yeah. You know, we're coaching the guys gonna make us better. And even if a guy never plays, man, he's he deserves the right to be coached. You know, yeah. they're doing everything we ask him to do. And you know, the, the deal, you know, people don't like to hear the cliches, you're you're strong as your weakest link. There's a lot of truth to that, though, man. I mean, you know, you see guys that they don't have a good enough practice people you practice against, and that hurts your team, you know. So everybody's important in an organization. Yep, because well, you, you have a program, and one thing I've learned with the program that you used to run is everybody that coached with you at one point or any player, if you're at a game, everybody's coming up to speak to you because you made an impact in their lives. You know, and I think that's when you talk about coaching is underrated. That's being a leader is, you know, making an impact in people's lives. Because how many of those kids didn't go play next level? How many didn't right. go play next level NFL? But they're leaders in their communities, whether it's their own household, it's their business. They're better young men because of the coaching staff and the leadership that you instilled in them. And, you know, I used to tell parents that, you know, a kid decided he didn't want to play. And I'm like, don't you want to know where your son is on Friday night? I mean, you're going to know he's with us. Yeah. You don't know him. You know, he's a regular teenage kid, but till 10 o'clock, he's going to be around us. You know, you ain't got to wait. Now, 10 o'clock, he's back on you. That's right. him, but we're going to handle him 10 o'clock. We're going to handle him every day after school. He's going to be with us, you know. So there's so many positives in playing. Any, but and it's not just sports, you know. And, and I think I have more appreciation of the band, you know, to be a part of something. Part you of know, something, yeah. For your high school experience, there's a kid – John Kelton, my daughter's dad, world of respect for John because he's a kid I watched come to that high school and he said, I'm going to get everything I can out of this experience. And he was in drama, the you know, the dance deal and all that, baseball, football. And he's gone and he's a very successful young man right yeah. now in Birmingham. But he made a conscious decision. Now, you don't see many kids mature enough to do that, you know, and you try to push people to do it because, you know, that's another thing, get out of your element. Get over your fears a little bit, you know. Of course, I used to kid the ones in the uh, – a little dance, what they call that? The, the spring concert. The spring concert, yeah. 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 Me and Coach Branch would say, all right, how many of y'all would be in that if it wasn't any girls? <laughs> you know, they just, I probably wouldn't. Probably wouldn't. Come on now. Yeah. Hey, I'm guilty. Feel. I was in it, and I enjoyed every minute of it because of the experience. Right. You know, with the girls and everybody, too. But, but y'all were a team. You know, she yeah. did a – Marty, rest her soul, did yeah. a great job, man, of molding a group every year, and they put on a – I, I remember you know, I never went to, I'll be honest, until my daughter got involved. And then I'm like, holy cow. And then, like, you know, the freshman year, I'm like, wow, what a great group they had this year. But, but next but, year's just as good. But you know? she she wasn't casual with it. No. She was no, very no, demanding. No. She really yeah, was. No and that's doubt. why it was so good. Hey, I used to sit up in that parking lot late at night before my daughter could drive, yep. saying, wow, man, and take her early to school. But, yes. And again, that's the, the thing about period, it. Yeah, yeah, that's a commitment from. Parents have to be committed to give their kids a chance too. You know, it's a. Well, I tell you what, coach, we could sit here. And we we might go. need to do a part two. <laughs> I'm about to say we, we might definitely need to go to a part two because you know we can sit here and we talk about everything because I enjoyed being at the games and just you know not only listening to the football aspect that you're like, hey, they're doing this, they're doing that because I know zero about football because I'm a fan, but uh, hearing other things that you know instills in me in life that continue on in my in my home life in my business life so. We appreciate your leadership, you know, being like a little high school kid, you know, growing up, you were always intimidating, but you learn so much now as you get older. It's like you appreciate 
the people that was in your life. So, right, you know, and again, I think you know, Nick, you hit on earlier. You know, I used to tell y'all, I, I, I can't be your friend right now. Yeah, we don't have. You know, I told my both my kids, I said. You'd be 25 years old. We'll be friends one day. But right now, I got to be your parent. You know, I remember it. my daughter, so mad at me, not go to the movie. She's 13 years old. All my friends are going, I can't control your friends. They don't They don't work where I work. Yep. They don't see the people I see. I said, there's somebody who can do something to you that I can't fix. I hate to say it, but I had to be honest with her, you know. Yeah. Um, there's some crazy parenting stuff. Like you say, man, Bruce Thornton's dad told me one time, said, Coach, I decided if I missed as a parent, I was going to miss on the hard side. Yeah. And I, again, right. little things like that make an impression on you. And, and I never forgot that, you know. Yeah. Handled out. That was a long time ago. Well, go look up Steve Pardue. You can Google. You can see all his wins and all the uh, great success he's had uh, as a football coach. And appreciate you, Coach, coming Thank in. Thank you, man. We're going to definitely do this again. I I really enjoyed it. So let me know. I got a lot of free time now. <laughs> now some days at two o'clock, I got to be in the car rider line over at Hollis Sand. <laughs> there but you go. Besides that, my day's pretty flexible right now. All right, well, we'll see you guys next week, same time. Thank you for joining us.